0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Rob Rupp. Thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike, Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for downloading this latest podcast post-Thanksgiving. Wrapping up the, the big old holiday weekend, even though I had to work Friday, it was still pretty good. Had Thursday off, obviously. Gotta eat turkey, right? Uh, pretty much the same drill as last year it was me the wife the kids the mother-in-law my parents my brother we sat we ate we conversed and then we went our separate ways to nap but uh, overall pretty successful uh, it took me like what four days uh, to finish this fantastic peanut butter pie that uh, my mother-in-law made it was good I can't believe no one else in the house had it but uh, I definitely wolfed it down within four days where as best as I can with my aging metabolism remember uh, it is an inflationary type of period in our uh, economy things are going up in price and I really don't want to go out and buy new pants let's keep uh, the pant size the same Uh, I am excited though this upcoming week I have off from work this is the first week I've had off not related to being unemployed or having COVID in about 18 months yeah that's right the last time I took a week off by my own choice uh, regardless of disease or being laid off, was when my son was born. So uh, it's uh, it's kind of weird not having the stress of having to go in and do things. I just have to put up with the stress of being at home. Uh, but I am looking forward to unwinding, relaxing when I can, where I can, and uh, hopefully uh, you know put things into perspective. I, I was able to knock some stuff out this weekend, uh, regardless of the um, turkey. I was able to put up some Christmas lights, um, and I, I, this is a little different, like when it was just me, my wife, and Lana, and even when Hazel, uh, before she started walking and talking, it was a little easier for me to put up Christmas lights, because I can keep them out of, you know, a kid's way, but now, you know, I got Lana and Hazel, and Logan is running all over the place, getting into things. I had three good strands of lights from last year two that were bad i was able to untangle them buy two new sets last weekend started working this weekend uh they must have gotten into lights again because i had an extra bad (laughs) bad strand so i have to uh put up this new one i bought earlier today took the boy out with me to go get lights yeah it's kind of hard to keep kids out of things ain't it it just seems to be my luck anyway uh by the way uh i wanted to talk a little bit about this um Last podcast, but I forgot, um, and I was recording that the night of the night before Thanksgiving. But uh, I was in the kitchen. I was prepping the bird. I was getting the dry rub and everything ready to go for it uh, the next day. Had the news on. I had the ten o'clock news on and the eleven o'clock news. Keep in mind this is Wednesday night, right? And each newscast had a story about how the price of thanksgiving dinner has gone up this past year compared to last year and how a turkey is more expensive and getting potatoes is more expensive stuffing cranberry sauce all the stuff you need to make thanksgiving dinner everything has gone up in price yeah they were doing this the night before Thanksgiving granted granted uh, there's always that one ingredient you forget uh, Thanksgiving morning that you send uh, your spouse or, you know, your kid that can drive off to the grocery store to get, you know, that one thing. But basically, most of the dinner's already bought by the time Wednesday night rolls around, and you're already working on it. So to hear this, it's, it's kind of like the South Park episode, Captain Obvious, uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the news reporter that got uh, Second Sight, uh, Hindsight, uh, stating the obvious in news reports well we should have done this we should have done that I'm off to report another story that was obvious and they're doing this then if they had done this like and I'm sure they've done it a little bit if they had done this prior like about a week that'd be one thing but they're doing it the night of the night before it just it just seems a little lazy to me but then again you know it's the night before a holiday there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, Now, this weekend, there's a lot to talk about uh, with that big rivalry game here in the Midwest. uh, Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, I'm in Fort Wayne, so I'm probably about maybe 20, 25 minutes west of the Ohio State line. And we're about an hour south of Michigan. So we're uh, geographically right in the thick of it, even though this is IU, Notre Dame country predominantly, with a little dash Purdue here and there. But we have our fair share of Ohio State and Michigan fans, and uh, I tell you, Buckeye fans are really taking it hard because this is the second straight year that Michigan has beaten them, and they beat them on their home turf in Columbus, and they beat them bad. I mean, they, they pulled away in that fourth quarter, and it just—it was a—it was a Donnybrook, as they would say. And uh, Ryan Day, the head coach of uh, the the Buckeyes, you know he's had some success, and you know they were undefeated up until this point. You know now they're kind of out of the national championship picture on the outside looking in, unless uh, the uh, the Purdue Boilermakers pull off the uh, miraculous upset of the Wolverines in the Big Ten Championship next weekend. Tall order, tall order. Uh, but you know they're saying, well, he's not in the hot seat, but it's just it's it's weird to me. Predominantly because uh, I'm a Ball State grad, so we don't have a football program. But when you get these big schools like uh, Ohio State or Michigan or uh, your Alabamas and like how everything is just focused on that one big game, and we're not even talking about the national championship for college football. We're talking about that one big game, that one big rivalry game, and if you can't pull it off, well, you're in the hot seat, but you're not in the hot seat. And the second straight year that uh, Ryan Day has not been able to come to grips with the fact that the Wolverines curbs down them. Um, I, I don't know if I would get this worked up about it, really, uh, because again, I have no. I, my my team sucks. Okay, and my dad, you know, he's a Purdue Boilermaker fan, and uh, they won the uh, Big Ten West, but that's a that's a far weaker division compared to uh, the Eastern Division. They're eight and four, the Boilermakers. Uh, and you know here's Ohio State. They're not even in the championship conversation because they're in the same division with Michigan. They get one loss for the season. Granted, it's a big loss, but they're taking it like it's the end of the world. And I keep thinking, like a couple of years back, when um, Wolverine fans wanted to run Jim Harbaugh out of uh, out of the state because you know they were getting their butts kicked by Ohio State. It's just, I don't know. I Until Ryan Day takes Ohio State to a seven and eight win season, and uh, the best they can hope for is a Little Caesars Bowl, I think Buckeye fans need to keep their powder dry on this a little bit. Okay, Um, (laughs) because that was was kind of the same thing with like um, uh, Harbaugh a couple years ago. Like I said, he was not; they were winning, but they weren't winning all the games they were supposed to. But college football is kind of a weird thing to watch. Uh, soccer's kind of a weird thing to watch, too, by the way, uh, but it, of all the craziness that's going on with the World Cup and Qatar, uh, there is been some success, a little bit, at least on the Fox side of things. Uh, they're having uh, the World Cup this time of the year because usually it's a, it's a summer thing, but because it's in Qatar and the summer, I think the average temperature in Qatar is like, what, 219 degrees. You step outside, you spontaneously combust, It's it's a, but it's a dry heat over there. So they're having it in uh, November and uh, December because it's a little cooler, a little more conducive to, you know, athletes, a little easier for them to um, adjust. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of criticisms, but uh, for Fox, when they had the Friday matchup in the afternoon between the United States and the United Kingdom, which ended in a uh, a spectacular 0-0 tie, uh, it, it actually did pretty well in ratings. There were uh, 15 million people stateside tuned in for that, and considering that there's college football games on in the afternoon, not bad, not bad. Um, so the, sta- uh, the United States team plays Iran. By the way, um, because it's the exclusive English home of the World Cup Foxes, uh, I was watching Sunday Night Football before coming up here. A little, uh, little interesting sly thing that uh, NBC did because uh, they own uh, Universal owns Telemundo right the spanish speaking uh, network and they have the i guess the spanish rights to world cup they are advertising united states <laughs> iran <laughs> on telemundo so they're trying to they're trying to kind of uh, get some of the spanish speaking uh, americans to watch it on their thing to, you know get get a little um, Ratings point for NBC, and I thought, man, that was that's pretty smart. <laughs> A little devious, but pretty smart. Um, by the way, uh, it, it, kind of heartbreaking for Qatar itself, uh, all that uh, hard work and effort to build those stadiums and the thousands of deaths that allegedly didn't happen or whatever. Uh, their soccer team was the first one out. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Qatar, I guess. They're still being very strict with fans uh, because... It's it's a religious fundamental country, uh, predominantly Muslim, and uh, not moderate Muslim. I might add, it's uh, it's pretty hardcore, and uh, they frown upon well anything that's not their thing, right? Uh, and they have uh, banned people. Uh, they have banned people from uh, you know going to their games that are not dressed appropriately. And I'm not talking like you know sexy or not wearing burqas, I'm talking like just. Like, uh, some soccer fans uh, are trying to show solidarity with the gay community. They have the rainbow logos and everything. They've uh, There's one sports journalist with uh, such a logo. And uh, security at uh, one of the stadiums said, nah, nah, he ain't getting in with that. Uh, so, you know, he, this guy went to Twitter to, to vent and be angry. It's weird he didn't go to Mastodon, right? But he went to Twitter to vent and uh, he expresses outrage about this. But just to show that it's not just a left-leaning thing that uh, could guitar authorities are against uh they did bar one british fan from entering (laughs) entering the uh the stadium dressed up as a knight from the crusades in that too kind of a kind of a an era that the middle east likes to frown upon and i'm putting that very mildly so they're they're very uh strict about that but I, i do love the british fans about this uh in fact i think they got uh what was I before the before the the spectacular zero zero draw between the United States and the Brits? Uh, I think I, I don't know if it was on our side of the pond or theirs, but one of them says loser has to take James Corden back. <laughs> what do you do now that it's a tie? You just send them to Canada. I mean that's what you do with a lot of celebrities nowadays. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I do like I do like the cut of the jib of the uh, the Brits over there when it comes to watching soccer. Now uh, when it comes to watching movies stateside. Uh, it's, it's been a bit brutal here in the month of November and it's kind of weird to think because, uh, you know, it used to be back in the day, um, when you had like a big four day holiday weekend and you wanted to get out of the house and avoid the malls on Black Friday and get out of the kitchen so, you know, grandma could finish making the turkey and the pie, you'd go see a movie. And uh, that just—I know it's a different world with uh, streaming and everything. I kind of touched upon streaming last episode. I might do it here again here in a couple of minutes. But I was—was this IndieWire Indie indie Film? I was reading. This is the worst box office on record for the month of November, ever, ever. Uh, The the only decent performer. Uh, amongst all the films I, that have been released would be Wakanda Forever, latest Marvel offering, but um, it's gotten mixed reviews, and uh, heads up for the next podcast, I might have a slight review of that, because uh, since I got the week off, uh, me and the wife might go out tomorrow or the day after, check out Wakanda Forever, just me and her, the kids stay with grandma, that sort of thing, but uh, aside from that, just a lot of meh, not a lot of big draw. In fact, uh, uh, even though Disney's doing well with Marvel here, and, and again, this is not as big of performance as past Marvel films. I guess they put out Strange World, um, which was an animated effort, and I think it's only—I think it only cleared like 15 million this past weekend, and it took like 150 million dollars to make, and that does not include marketing. And there's been some pushback because of, uh, I, I guess, there's a, a lesbian couple in this, and then there's like an environmental mes- message. And, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you not to take your kids to it or not. I mean, you, if, if you got kids uh, and you think that's something they want to watch, you, you, you're you the parent. You make that decision, right? Um, but it does, the, the problem here is twofold, if you were to ask me. And... It's this. Hollywood has forgotten how to write personal stories. They do political stories. They don't, uh, they'd don't. they rather preach than rather have uh, their characters go through a story and uh, come out different in the end, either better or worse. You know, dynamic change and all that. A little more suspenseful. When there's a political message in it and, you know, writers are hitting you over the head with it, uh, you, you kind of know what the outcome of that's going to be. Okay. Uh, it reminds me of Don't Be a Menace in Society, uh, uh, the Keen Ivory Wayne's movie, whenever there was like a, a message in the movie and the, the, the mailman played by Keen Ivory Wayne would show up and say, Message. That's, that's basically that. So, I mean, if Hollywood went back to writing personal things and not, you know, making everything so damn political, that I think it would make movies better overall. And uh, with uh, *Strange World* here, I saw that they're going to push it onto Disney Plus uh, just in time for Christmas, and they're trying to spin that this is a little more successful uh, than it is. And it kind of goes back to my uh, what I was talking about er, uh, last last episode. Uh, you know, you, when you put content that's exclusive to streaming, or you, you push something in the theaters too soon after streaming, or release it on the same day. On the streaming platform it cuts into your revenue and you don't see that money back you really don't make that back with new subscribers is what i'm getting at because that you would have to think that you know when you subscribe to a, a service uh those subscriptions are paying for uh the infrastructure of the streaming service you're thinking okay it pays for licensing agreements it pays for other productions so you're taking a hit on this movie is what i'm saying so again it's kind of this two-pronged thing. Uh, Make the content more personal and don't put everything on the damn streaming platform right away. I know you want the internet to be a thing and the internet is a thing, it's just not the thing you think it is. It can be serviceable, it can make you some money, but that shouldn't be the driving force to making you money. Don't forget where you came from. You're a movie studio. Figure it out. Alright, so enough of that rant Um, and again maybe something Ah, uh, to talk more about with the Wakanda Forever next episode. Okay, so this Jerry Jones thing, you know, I, you know the Dallas Cowboys are doing pretty well, uh, which means they'll probably lose first playoff game, and <laughs> that's always amusing. But yeah, uh, you, know, you know they're doing pretty well for Jerry Jones. But uh, just recently, I think the last week, somebody uh, leaked to the Washington Post this photo. Uh, 1957, this is when they were ending uh, segregation. They were desegregating high schools there. And I think this is at North Little Rock, is that the name of the high school? And uh, you know, these black students try to get in and there's like a wall of white students prohibiting or trying to prohibit them from I- a- entering. And uh, somewhere in the mix is a young Jerry Jones from 1957 going to high school. And, uh, you know, a lot of hints, allegations, and all this other stuff. Um, and it seems weird that this comes out mid-season, especially uh, not too soon after Daniel Snyder has to sell the team. And he was telling uh, some people that uh, he's got dirt on NFL owners and he's going to leak it. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the, the newspaper that broke the story, the Washington Post. Yeah uh you know the uh, the hometown rag of the uh, uh, the command skins there so jerry jones is in this uh picture and um let me ask you, let me ask you something because again this is a, just one shot one frame of a live moment and he's not throwing any signs or throwing any punches it doesn't even look like he's screaming he just seems like he's watching maybe that's what he's doing and he's and he's even said in interviews that uh, he was there kind of a curious onlooker and all that stuff Maybe he's telling the truth. I don't know. But let me ask you something. Uh, you're not as old as Jerry Jones. You know, I, I think he was born during the Taft administration, to be honest. Um, he, he got held back a couple times. Um, but you now versus you in high school, would you like to say that you've improved a little more? than you were, like you're a bit different. And I'm not talking about being socially conscious, if you're you know, a social justice warrior. I'm just you know, a better person overall. Like uh, you're a little more considerate. You, um, You take things in a little slower than you would as an impulsive teenager. You're not as emotional. You kind of just think and come to better judgments. I'm asking if you're a better person than you were, right? I think most of us would be um, uh, barring some sort of addiction or some sort of tragedy in our lives, I would like to think, and God, I am gritting my teeth saying this, that Jerry Jones is a little better than he was as a teenager. Uh, I mean, this is a guy that's done some pretty dumb stuff as an old guy, but, um, let's say what uh, is being said is true, you know, when you're youth, you're impulsive, you buy into anything that's being told to you, Uh, be it whatever form of extremism, Uh, you know, when when you kind of pull yourself away from that situation, sometimes you say to yourself, you know, when I was younger, I was stupid. Okay? Now, I don't see him throwing any signs. I don't see him pushing or punching anybody in this picture, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, But it just, it seems to me... That's the go to with the media whenever um, they don't like somebody in particular. They find something from their past and they go, Oh, was this you? Care to explain yourself? And, you know, I think a lot of people have gotten tired of it. And seeing how he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys in Texas, um, which isn't quite as left leaning as the media would hope, I think. I think he's going to weather the storm and probably own the Cowboys for another 30 years until he becomes, you know, uh, basically a talking head in the jar. And maybe, just maybe, he might let his sons run it. Maybe, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get, I don't get the uproar over this. It was 1957. Here we are. It's 2022. That was holy crap. That was 65 years ago. <laughs> 1957 65 years ago yikes um, somebody that should know better uh, for as political as she is is Alyssa Milano yeah she still looks great for her age um, but uh, you know she likes to you know shoot from the hip as it were her opinions she's she's one of the activist type of actresses in Hollywood and I guess she's had it up to here with Elon Musk making free speech a thing on Twitter. I know it's such a horrible damn thing, right? And I, I don't think she's left Twitter. And you know what? Fine. I, I I don't want her to leave Twitter. I want her to say more things like this. Uh, uh, yeah, She. I guess she's so mad at uh, Elon Musk. I, she was a former Tesla driver. And of course, Elon Musk is into that whole electric vehicle craze. Uh, she has decided to make public the fact that she has traded in her Tesla, which which is her right. She's a car owner. She can do whatever the hell she wants, right? She decided to j- trade it in for another electric vehicle made by Volkswagen, <laughs> which was started up in a uh, in Germany back in the 1930s. And some people are kind of raking her over to Kohl's about it, seeing how she's been calling uh, you know, Elon Musk a fascist and a racist and all that. It's almost like Volkswagen has like some dark secret history in Germany back in the thirties. Anybody know what was going on back then? Yeah, there there might have been an Adolf tied with that co- uh, with that company. Uh, not to be one of those a holes on Twitter or Facebook that uh, like to show off their. Uh, uh how superior they are by saying do your research but maybe that's something that Alyssa Milano should have done and look i'm not saying Volkswagen is a nazi company now i'd like to think they too have changed um but maybe don't make everything in your life public i mean if 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 you like the Volkswagen fine drive it but don't 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 go on this rant about how Musk is a fascist, I and mean, then you you kind of buy into something that was started with some pretty bad intentions. Yikes! Uh, by the way, the I, I thought about sharing this on uh, on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. I think I'm going to hold off on it. But uh, Machine Gun Kelly uh, earlier in the week was talking about how he's not a rock tourist. I you know he's he's a rapper. I think I don't know. Um, he He's he's the guy that's pretty much uh, you know shagging Megan Fox and you know, more power to him. But uh, ever since he played Tommy Lee in that Netflix movie about Motley Crue, I think he thinks he's a rock star and he's done like a, a couple of rock albums. And of course, rock fans are calling him a tourist. And he's like, hey man, no, I'm not a tourist. It's just like you know how we went to the moon because we didn't live on the moon, so we went to the moon. Supposedly, that's what I did. I went to the moon on uh, on these rock albums. Okay, bro, we get it, you were high, but he said supposedly, so he's one of those, it, it looks to be one of those moon landing hoaxer believers, another conspiracy theorist, so uh, we, we need to lock him up because apparently he's a danger to society. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I, I don't believe in the in moon landing, but I'm also not going to, like, actually lock him up. I just, the, the thing... The thing to remember when it comes to conspiracy theories is you have to start laughing off some of these people. You can't take them all serious. And I know there's some really extreme nuts out there that can be dangerous. But if we locked up, uh, if we locked up every conspiracy theorist out there in these here United States, left or right, we wouldn't need Gitmo. We would need Cuba and maybe part of Haiti to get the job done. Uh, you know, maybe maybe lease a few islands from Canada. Yeah, everybody's got that weird thing they believe in. And if he believes that the moon landing was faked, well, yeah, he also believes he's a rock star. I think that's a bigger conspiracy theory than uh, faking a moon landing. Um, uh, speaking of rock stars, this guy, definitely not a tourist, but it's a well-deserved honor. But uh, Alice Cooper now has uh, has a, an Alice Scooper. Although it's in uh, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, the snow plows out there, they uh, they do like, you know, creative artsy things and all that. And uh, they don't get a lot of, I think the average snowfall in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona is maybe seven inches a year. So it's not a lot, something like that. Um, but uh, Alice Cooper got a snow plow named after him. And I'm just thinking, God in Himmel, how did we not do that before in another town? I know he's in, uh, he lives in Arizona, so he's got to be tickled pink by that. Uh, but if they did that here in Indiana, I mean, it, it would suck because in Dot, which is probably named eight or nine snow plows after John Mellencamp's songs. Yeah, I take a hard pass on that. But uh, way to go, Alice Cooper, making uh, uh, making winter somewhat more bearable, even if it is out in the desert. uh, Alright, finally, this is, uh, if it isn't already, it's going to be linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, but another frivolous lawsuit, um, I don't know if this is going to go through, I hope to God a judge throws it out, but a woman is suing, I think, Kraft Mac Mac and Cheese, like the instant stuff, because she says that their claim that uh, Mac and Cheese in three and a half minutes is fraudulent fraudulent it's not true now you might be thinking well you know like who cares really i mean sometimes you depending on your microwave you have to cook at 10 seconds less or 10 seconds more that's not what she's getting at here she's not even she's not even factoring in the uh the micro- microwave here she's talking about opening the box pouring in the noodles Uh, uh, getting it all prepped and whatnot and uh, getting it, like the prep time it takes before popping it in the microwave. I think you and me both know that the the box means three and a half minutes in the microwave. But she's trying to get this technicality thing. But here's the thing. What I think will happen, because, I mean, five million dollars for going off on a technicality on a box, I think it'll get thrown out, but I think you're going to see that box redesigned and craft uh, mac and cheese saying, you know, something along the lines is you know, the microwave, three and a half minutes, something like that. That's the kind of society we live in. You know, you're too lazy to um, to actually um, go out and make money, but you're not too lazy to pick up the phone and call, you know, some uh, a-hole lawyer that will help you in this uh, stupid endeavor. Yeah. I, I By the way, uh, looking at the lawsuit, reading what this woman's uh, bitching about, I, it's safe to say that she probably didn't host Thanksgiving this past year and she's probably not going to host Christmas either. Hopefully someone in her family isn't burdened by uh, the timetable to get my macaroni and cheese done. All right, like I said, uh, I am off this week. I'll uh, let you know what's going on with other things later. Until next episode, stay fresh. You've nice. been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.